0: Join this morning. Dear Father, we praise you and thank you, God, for the joy of, of coming together on the best day of the week for us Christians, Lord. God, we feel your presence in this place. We thank you, Father, for Smiley. We thank you for our pastors and leaders. We thank you for the gifts that you have given them and given Smiley in particular, Lord. And God, as he comes to preach today, oh Lord, fill him. Holy Spirit, with your word and your words to us, and may we listen and understand and apply and take the action step that he gives us to go out into the world as prayer warriors, as witnesses, in love with Jesus, burden for the lost, Lord. And, God, we do pray for our marriages, Lord. Oh, Lord, bless this class. Bless our marriages and our families god we ask you to send revival in our marriages and i pray in jesus name mark and karen wagner would you come up with smiley to join the church
1: Mark and Karen be just in the front here? They're a small group around them. <clears throat> so Mark and Karen Wagner recently came to our Discover Good News. They shared with us their faith, and they're coming to make good news their church home. So glad that they have a church uh, family to be a part of. So let me ask you these vows. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God justly deserving his wrath and hopeless without his mercy? And do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners, and do you trust him alone for salvation as he's offered in the gospel? And do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will seek to live as followers of Christ should? And do you promise to support the church and its worship and work to the best of your ability? And do you submit yourself to the government and discipline of the church and promise to promote its purity and peace? Yes. Let me pray for you. Lord, thanks so much for Mark, for Karen, for bringing them to faith in you, for bringing them to good news. Lord, that they're plugged into a small group. May they continue to grow and grow as disciples of yours and disciple makers here. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you guys take good care of them. On behalf of Good News, I'd like to welcome you. So glad to have you guys a part of Good News. Welcome. <clears throat> Love to see when someone joins that they're plugged into a small group so there's people they're connected with. <clears throat> we have more good news to celebrate. We, re- re- we rejoice with the Spoonhours of Lincoln. Michael Spoonhours was born recently and we rejoice with them. <clears throat> we have six children. There's something special about being there when a child is born. And uh, in a very, very similar way, this week <clears throat> we had Four people to, to share the gospel with someone and, and see someone move from death to life. And that's also a special moment. And, and we're really rejoiced that four different people came to faith in Christ this week. And we rejoice with that. Uh, now, I'm going to ask you to do something different today. Uh, I want you to stand up. If, if you're able to stand, would you stand up? And we're standing up to hear... Um, God's Word in many churches so that people pay attention when God's Word is read. They have people stand. And so I'm going to ask you to stand while I read from 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 8. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man uh, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, I am telling the truth, I am not lying. As a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth, therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. Uh, You you may be seated. Um, This past week, this past week, uh, uh, a lady gave me a card of encouragement. Encouragements are always welcome. And the last line said, P.S. Brock Purdy is still smiling. Last Sunday, I mentioned that the last player picked in the NFL draft was Brock Purdy, and, uh, and that last week, the first-string quarterback was hurt, and the second-string, and he was getting to start in a playoff game in the NFL, and they won. So today, he, the last player picked gets to be the quarterback in the finals of the NFC Championship. And so I, I want to ask you a question. Do you, think, do you think he's going to ask his uh, coach today, Coach, do I have to play today? Do you think that's what he's going to say? Do I have to play? Oh, man, I think he's going to wake up with the biggest smile on his face. He's going to pinch himself. What he's dreamed about his whole life, he got selected. He's in the game. He's playing in a championship game. Do you know what I hear all the time? Smiley, do we have to pray? How do we take gifts from God and make them burdens? But we're so good, right? Do I have to pray? Oh, you know what we're going to learn today? The the point of today's message is that we get to pray. Oh, what if we woke up every day of our life and we couldn't believe that we get to pray? And here's why it's so important. Listen, Jesus has chosen us to be on his team. He's chosen us to be on his team. Did you know that? And and we're involved in something way, watch the game, way more important than winning a game. He wants us to win people to Christ. He wants us to be involved in making disciples who make disciples so that the world is changed. And because he's given us a purpose, he's given us prayer. He says, whatever you need, Whatever you need to win people, whatever you need to, for, to make disciples, just ask, just ask, and I'll supply it for you. Oh, we get to pray. Maybe some of you say, man, I, I could use some help with prayer. I, I could use some help. You're in a good place. You know what we're going to read? I mean, some of us really want to be disciples and disciple me. This week, we get to listen. We get to listen when Paul, who's discipling Timothy, we get to learn how Paul teaches Timothy that we get to pray. Now, now Timothy is a pastor of a church in Ephesus, and and the church had a problem. The church had a problem. The problem was they forgot their mission, and they, they, they quit praying for lost people. Do you know why the church is on earth? Because there are lost people. When there are no more lost people, we'll go and be with Jesus, right? The church is here for lost people, and the church had quit praying for lost people. And so Paul teaches Timothy, we get to pray, and we're going to see three things. You know what? We, We get to pray all the time, and we get to pray all the time for everyone, and we get to pray all the time for everyone to be saved. Can you believe we get to do this? We get to pray. We get to pray all the time for everyone to be saved. Um, so let's jump in. Verse 1 First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings, listen, we get to pray all the time. With all kinds of prayers, short prayers and long prayers and praise and thanksgiving and confession, with all kinds of prayer. We get to pray when we're alone. We get to pray as a family. We get to pray in a small group. We get to pray in church. We get to pray in all of life. Why? Because prayer is important. (laughs) Not only is it important, it's of first importance. Did you hear what he said? First of all, first of all, pray. (laughs) Do we? Oh. Listen, when, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus moves into us, doesn't he? He moves into us, and when he moves into us, he says to us, follow me, follow me. So how do we follow Jesus? Well, he speaks to us in his word, right? He speaks to us in his word, and then we respond back to him in prayer. That's how we communicate. He speaks to us in the word, and we speak to him in prayer. Listen, prayer... Prayer is not so much something we do, it's not so much something we do, it's someone we're with, it's someone we get to be with. The Christian life is about walking with Jesus. We get to walk with Him, we get to talk with Him, and He talks to us in His Word, and we talk to Him in prayer. And when Jesus moves into us, He says, follow me, and Jesus becomes our model (laughs) of life and prayer. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but everything Jesus models for us and everything Jesus calls us to do is impossible for us to do. That's why we pray. Right? I mean, Jesus is our model for life. (laughs) Jesus is our model for life. And you know what he models for us and what he calls us to do? He calls us to love our enemies. How many of you are really good at loving your enemies? I mean, can we talk... I really struggle to love my wife. Anybody else in here? It, it's hard to love the people we love, isn't it? And Jesus wants us not only to love the people we love, he wants us to love, it, didn't he? When we were his enemies, he loved us. And if we're going to love our enemies, we're going to say, Jesus, help, help. I love what someone said, Jesus, command what you may, supply what you command. You see, Jesus is Lord. He commands whatever he, he, he wants, but, but we need his help to do what he commands us. <laughs> Jesus is not only our model for loving our enemies, he's our model for forgiving others, right? What was Jesus doing on the cross? He said what? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they... How many of you are really good forgivers? Like with your spouse, okay? You really good at it? Man, I struggle. And Jesus says, not just to forgive someone seven times, but what? Seventy times seven. Why do we pray? Because it's hard to forgive, isn't it? Jesus, help me to forgive others the way you've forgiven me. So Jesus is our model, right, for life and ministry. And the reason we pray is because everything in life Jesus calls us to do is impossible. We need him to pull it off. And the same is true. He's our model for ministry. But everything Jesus calls us to do is impossible for us to do. That's why we pray. Jesus wants us to win people to Christ, all of us. Jesus wants us to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Are you good at that? (laughs) I'm not. We need help, right? And that's why we pray. Because everything Jesus calls us to do is impossible for us to do. So we say help. Let me show you that in John 15. Man, I, watching the games today, I am so thankful to be a Christian. Here's why. Listen, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. You know, every time I watch the game, I realized the NFL didn't call me. The NBA didn't call me. Do you know that the NFL and NBA, they pick the best players on their team? But do you know who Jesus picks? Jesus picks the worst players to play on his team. That's why I get to be a part of his team because he does amazing things with the worst players. He chose me. And if you're a Christian, he chose you. Listen to what he said. He chose you to be on his team, to be involved in winning lost people and making disciples who could make disciples so the world would be changed. Oh, listen to what, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Someone wanted you on their team. His name is Jesus. Now winning games, winning people, changing the world and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. You were wasting your life on things that won't last. So I saved you so you'd give the rest of your life to something that matters, something that lasts forever. Don't you want your life to count? Jesus calls you to be on his team. And notice what he says, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. I want your life to count. Whatever you need to win people, just ask. Whatever you need to make disciples, just ask and I'll give it to you. Oh, man. Listen, prayer. Prayer is not a domestic intercom. Prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie Listen, Jesus didn't give us prayer so we could say, Jesus, could you make us a little more comfortable? When we come to faith in Christ, Jesus says, Welcome to the family. I'm leaving you on earth. Because the world is filled with lost people, and they're headed to hell, and they're held captive by the devil. So I'm parachuting you. I'm parachuting you behind enemy lines. And what I want is I want you to cross the minefields and I want you to cut through the barbed wire and whatever you need in that mission, just call and I'll supply it. Did you know we're parachuted behind enemy lines? You ever feel like you don't belong? You're not supposed to. We're behind the enemy lines. And and listen, there are minefields everywhere. And we learned last week, remember last week, the point was don't wreck your life. What what the Bible says is there's lots of minefields. If we're going to accomplish our mission of winning people to Christ and making disciples, we can't blow up our lives. So Jesus taught us to pray, How He said what? And lead us not into temptation. What? but deliver us from the evil. We're praying because we don't want to step on a mine. We don't want to get blown up and lead us not in, Show us where the mines are. <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then remember what we learned last week, the way we keep from wrecking our lives is we fight the good fight. Remember we learned fight the good fight, and we learned the good fight's the fight for the gospel. So we fight to believe the gospel, and we fight to defend the gospel, and we fight to advance the gospel. And so that's why we pray all the time, Lord, help me, help me to believe the gospel, help me. And then we defend the gospel, right? Lord, help me to defend the gospel against all attacks, attacks both foreign and domestic, those who want to add to and take away, right? And what do We pray. Lord, help us to advance the gospel. Help us to advance the gospel here and around the world. There's so many lost people. Help us to advance the gospel. Lord, open doors. Lord, give us boldness. Lord, give us wisdom. That's why we pray. We pray because there's so many people who need Jesus. And so we get to pray. We get to be involved in what Jesus is doing in the world. We get to pray for the lost. We get to pray all the time, all the time for everyone. Uh, Listen, we get to pray all the time, and we get to pray for everyone. Did you hear that? I urge you that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be made on behalf of? What? Of all men. Paul was teaching Timothy, you need to widen your prayer circles. Do we? Uh, To to make them ever widening circles? I don't know about you, but I start and I pray for myself. You know why we pray for ourselves? (laughs) Because no one needs Jesus more than we do, right? I am so messed up and I so need Jesus to to keep me from wrecking my life, don't you? So we pray for ourselves and then we pray for our families, right? You know why we pray for our families? (laughs) My family needs Jesus. Does it yours? My marriage needs Jesus. My kids need Jesus. Does it yours? And we pray for our small group. We know the people in our small group, they need Jesus, right? And then we pray for our church because the people in our church, we need Jesus. And we pray for our city and our county and our country because everyone needs Jesus. And then we pray for the world because there's one thing everyone in the world has in common. What's that? We all need Jesus, right? Um, and as we pray in ever-widening circles, we also pray for our leaders. Um, pray on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority. Now next week we're going to come back and look at these same verses and, and spend some time looking at how we can pray and work to have the best civil government possible. But what we're going to learn today is how important it is that we Pray for our civil government leaders and all the leaders we have in our life. Um, That you pray for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand because it would probably embarrass you, but how many of you complain more about our government leaders than you pray for them? Ooh, that hurts. You know what changes everything? Everything. When you realize we get to pray all the time for everyone to be saved, when we begin to realize that our civil government are not our enemy, but they are held captive by our enemy. The leaders in our country that we don't like, they are not our enemy, but they are held captive by our enemy. And the reason we're here on earth is we're here to pray that they would be saved, that God would bring into their lives someone with the courage to speak the gospel, and the Holy Spirit would show up, and they'd be convicted of their sins, and they'd see Jesus and trust Him. We are to pray for our leaders to know Jesus. Do we do that? (laughs) Why? so the gospel can be advanced, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity, so the gospel could expand all of our prayers. are aimed at advancing the gospel. We get to pray all the time for everyone to be saved. All of our prayers should be laser-focused toward saving people. You say, what? A lady comes to her pastor and says, uh, I'd like for you to pray for me that I'd lose weight. And so the pastor said, uh, you know, Lord, help this lady to lose weight so that she might be a more effective witness for Jesus Christ. And after he prayed, the lady said, well, why did you pray that I would lose weight to be an effective witness? He said, all my prayers, all my prayers are aimed at advancing the gospel in the world. And by the way, why did you want me to pray for you to lose weight? So you would look better in your bikini? Is that what you wanted me to pray? No! I prayed that you would lose weight so that you would have more energy and you would be a more effective witness for Christ. All of our prayers should be aimed at that. When we have a brother or sister who's sick, a wounded brother, what do we pray, Lord, help them to get better so they might join us and be involved in advancing the gospel around the world. Lord, help them to heal so they can join us. When we pray for our children, what do we want to pray? That they would be saved, that they would marry a Christian, that they would raise their children to be saved, and that all of them would join in the mission of advancing the gospel around the world. We get to pray. We get to pray all the time. For everyone to be saved. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. I'm so thankful to be a Christian. In religion, people save themselves. But in Christianity, God's our Savior. He saves us in the sight of God our Savior. Oh, you want some good news? Who desires all men to be saved? And to come to the knowledge of the truth. The reason we pray for everyone to be saved is because the Bible says that God desires for all to be saved. Um, of course, the word saved, uh, you might ask someone, you know, are you saved? And they might respond back to you and say, "From what? And what would you say? You see, it's important for us to understand the gospel. Do you? The gospel answers three questions about saved. We're saved from what? We're saved by what? And we're saved for what? Do you know that we're saved from God? Did you know that? Do you know we're saved by God? Did you know that we're saved for God? Did you know that? We are saved from God's wrath, by God's grace, for God, to enjoy Him and follow Him and make Him known. Oh, The bad news of the gospel is we're saved from God's wrath. What? The Bible teaches we have a problem called sin, that we have all sinned. The God we've sinned against is just. Every time we don't put God first in a decision, we sin against God. It's personal. We break God's laws and his heart. When we don't honor our father and mother, we sin against God. When we engage in sex outside of marriage, it's a crime against God. When we lie, when we steal, when we covet, we're committing crime after crime against God, and God is just, and the response of a just God to sin is one of wrath. You say, what? Listen, when you hear of a child who's abused, how do you respond? What, you get angry, don't you? When you hear of a lady who's raped, how do you respond? You respond with anger, right? These things ought not to happen. If we have sinful people, get angry at other sinners. Imagine what it's like for a just God in His response to the sins of His creatures. Oh, listen, the bad news is we're in big trouble. We've sinned against a just God. We deserve His wrath. But we're saved, not just from God, we're saved by God, by God's grace. Um, there is, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's one Savior. There's one person who can make things right with us and God, and it's the man Christ Jesus. God himself became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. Smiley, do I have to go to church? Do I have to pray? Do I have to share my faith? Beloved, he gave himself for you and me. He he went to the cross and gave himself for you and me. How can we use words like, do we have to? Oh. Jesus loved us so much that he took all of our sins upon himself and he died in our place. And if you're here today and you want to know what the God of the Bible is like, then look at Jesus on the cross. And there you see most clearly what the God in the Bible is like because on the cross, God declares that he is just and every sin ever committed will be punished. Either in Jesus once and for all or in us in hell forever, God is just. No one will get away with sin. And God declares that God is love, that he's provided a way for someone as messed up as me, like us, to be forgiven and live forever. Jesus died for our sins, but he didn't stay dead. The third day he rose, and he offers us salvation. We're saved from God's wrath, by God's grace, for God. We're saved to be forgiven, to enjoy doing life with Jesus, to make him known, and to enjoy him forever. Have you been saved? Uh, If you hadn't, wouldn't you like to be? Well, Smiley, how? It's by faith. It's by faith. In Ephesians 2, verse 8, for by grace you've been saved through faith. Thank you, Jesus. And that not of yourself, it's the gift of God. Salvation, grace, faith, they're all a gift from God. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one may boast. I'll never forget when I understood that salvation was a free gift. That I could be forgiven and do life and eternity by putting my faith in Jesus. Wow, the most amazing thing ever. Have you understood that? Have you received the gift? (laughs) If you hadn't. Don't you want to be saved from God's wrath, by God's grace? To go to bed knowing you're forgiven, to do life and eternity with Jesus? Oh. And I understood that saving faith was simple. Saving faith was as simple as A, B, C, where I admit and believe and commit. And if you've never done that, w- w- won't you do that now? You can do that now as I talk or when I close in prayer, I'd be glad to assist you. But it starts when we admit we're sinners, I said, Jesus, Jesus, I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry, won't you? And and then I said, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose, won't you? And then I, I committed, I said, Jesus, I want you to come in and be my savior and forgive me and give me eternal life, and he did, won't you? I want you to be the Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? And man, if you have, don't you hear what it says? For by grace, you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should. We've been saved from God's wrath, by God's grace, for God, to, to enjoy forgiveness and doing life with Jesus and, and having lives that make a difference and live forever. Let me show you that in, in Paul's life. Back in 1 Timothy 1, we're saved from God, by God, for God. So in 1 Timothy 2, verse 7, For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I am not lying. As a teacher of the Gentiles, in faith and truth. So Jesus said to Paul, Welcome, welcome. I've saved you for a purpose. For as long as you're on earth... For as long as you're on earth, I've got a purpose for your life. I want you to go and preach the gospel to everyone and call people to be saved. He was saved for a life that matters, and so are we. So are we. Oh, listen to how Paul describes his conversion. We read about it many times in Acts, and he's giving his testimony in Acts 26, and he says, I was on the way to Damascus to arrest some Christians and put them to death. Verse 14, and when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. goats." And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. You know why it's really important we love one another? Because Jesus considers the way we treat one another in the body is the way we treat him. Did you notice what Jesus said to Saul? He didn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? He said, why are you persecuting what? Me. Because the church is his body. But get up and stand on your feet for this purpose. Stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appointed you, appeared to you, to appoint you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. Man, I have saved you because I have a purpose for your life. I want to send you out to preach the gospel. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Paul was saved and given a great mission to, to open the eyes of the blind so that people would go from darkness to light, that people who had been held captive by Satan would be set free. That's for us too. The reason we're on earth is because God has a purpose for us big enough to give our lives to every day that we're so excited. Let me show you that. Back to Ephesians 2. Back to Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We've been saved from God from God's wrath, by God's grace, for God. Here's what we're saved for. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Slow down, talk. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Sometimes I get so excited I just go too fast. But we are surrounded by people who think they've come from nothing and are headed to nothing, and in between they can be certain of nothing. And we believe as Christians, we're God's workmanship. God saved us for a purpose that matters. Doesn't it excite you? Oh, man, where is workmanship? Saved for a purpose. I'm so thankful to be a Christian. Every day of my life, I get up and have a purpose big enough to give my life to. And what is that? What what are those good works that he's prepared for us? Now I don't know all of them, but I know some of them. I mean, remember when Jesus, remember when Jesus first called his disciples? Re- remember in, in Matthew 4 19? And he said to them, Follow me, that's his call, follow me. And he makes us a promise, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said that if we would give our heart to following Him, then He would so work through us that our lives wouldn't matter, that He would make us fishers of men, that we would begin to see people one to Christ, that we would begin to make disciples who could make disciples if we would follow Him. Uh, his last command, you remember His last command, right? The, the Great Commission in and, um, and Matthew 28. Um, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Yes, we operate. We operate behind enemy lines. But Jesus is way more powerful than our enemy. Notice what he said. He said he has all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, all of you, go and make disciples of all the nations where you live, work, and play. Go and win people to Christ teaching them to observe all that I, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptize, and then teaching them to observe all that I command you. Went to Christ and then say, hey, hey, follow Jesus with me. Follow Jesus with me. Teach them. And notice what he says. Lo, look, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Whatever you need. <laughs> Whatever you need, just ask. And I'm with you all the time. What if we believe that? That we get to pray all the time for everyone to be saved. Do we? And and how do you do that? Uh, Let me show you a verse in Romans 10, verse 1. Here's how Paul did it. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. (laughs) When Paul saw people, he prayed for them. He prayed for them that they would be saved. Do we? As we see all these people moving into our County, does our heart break? And do we pray uh, all the time for everyone to be saved? Uh, Do we? Um, Adrian Rogers, this great Baptist preacher, uh, he said we spend more time trying to keep sick saints out of heaven than lost sinners out of hell. Uh, we spend more time trying to keep sick saints out of heaven than lost sinners out of hell. Listen, if, if the saints don't want to be involved in the mission, isn't it better to go to heaven? Because heaven is what? It's, it's paradise. The reason we pray for people to get better, we pray for wounded brothers and sisters so they can join us in advancing the gospel here and around the world. Oh, that when we get up and have breakfast with Jesus and when we get together with others, that we prayed like Paul. Oh, that lost people would be saved. (laughs) So what have we learned that we get to pray all the time for everyone uh, to be saved? So I bet you you can't guess what the action stuff is going to be, right? You know what I want you to do this week? I want you to pray. I want you to get up and pinch yourself and smile and say, we get to pray. We get to pray all the time. I'm doing life with Jesus, how amazing is that? That we get to pray all the time for everyone to be saved. Well, how do you do that? Well, well, to me, when I get up in the morning, first thing I do is say, good morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then I have breakfast. I get to talk with Jesus. I get to have breakfast with Jesus, and one thing I always do is pray. Lord, help me to share my faith with others today. Pray. Will you pray for lost people? And then I get in my car. Well, I have breakfast, and I pray before I eat. And then, and then I'm driving to work. I have 15 minutes. I have 15 minutes on the way to work. You know what I do in the car? I pray. And then, know what happens when I get here at nine o'clock? At nine o'clock every morning, I invite any staff member who wants to come and pray with me. I like to pray with others, don't you? And then, when I'm headed to lunch, you know what I'm doing? Headed to lunch, I'm praying. I'm praying for the person I'm having lunch with, that God would open the door, that he would give me boldness and wisdom, that if the person doesn't know Christ, that they would come to know Christ. Know what I'm doing when I go in the restaurant? I'm praying for everyone in the room that they would be saved. Huh. That's so good for me. You know why? Because I find people highly annoying. Do you? People are just so Annoying. But when I pray for them, when I pray for them, I see them just like me. They're sinners just like me who desperately need Jesus just like me. And my heart toward others has changed when I pray all the time for everyone to be saved. You say to me, well, Smiley, how can I pray for you? Pray that I would win people to Christ, will you? Pray that I would see conversions Pray that I would see open doors to the gospel. Pray that I would have boldness. Pray that I would have wisdom. And pray that as I win people to Christ, I would disciple them. Would you pray that for me? And you know how I pray for you? I'm praying for every one of you, every one of you, that you would win people to Christ, that you would win one person this year to faith in Christ, that you would win one. Because I believe that that winning someone to Christ is just like eating Potato chips. Remember the old ladies' commercial? I bet you can't eat one. And I tell you, when you taste the experience that God can use a deeply flawed person like you to share the gospel and see the dead come to life, it will change your life, and you'll want to see it happen over and over again. So I'm praying for you. I just want you to know, if you see doors opening around you to share the gospel, the reason is I'm praying for you. I'm praying for each one of you that this year you would win one person to faith in Christ. And when God opens that door, you would go through it, and when you lead them to faith in Christ, you would disciple them. Now, I know what I'm about to do now, I'm probably going to get fired for doing this. But if I get fired, I want to get fired for swinging for the fence and not just fade away. And some of you are listening in because you're saying, finally there's a way to get rid of the old buzzard, okay? (laughs) Okay. There's 11 months left in this year and I challenge you that if you're a Christian, I just want you every day this year to pray, Lord, help me to win one person to Christ this year. Will you do that? Lord, help me to win one person. Would you do that for the rest of the year? Would you? I believe you'll be amazed what happens when you do that. Will you pray, Lord, use me to win one person? Listen, do that. And then and then when you pray that each day, listen, pick up a couple of do-you-know booklets. We've made it really easy for you. Listen, pray, Lord, help me to win one. Open a door, give me boldness, uh, give me wisdom, and, and put them in your pocket. When you put it, every day when I put them in my pocket, it reminds me of the mission that I'm on. You can too. Stick them in your purse. And then when the door opens, listen, just read it to them. <laughs> Everything that you hear every week, the bad news and the good news. And how to respond. It's there. You've heard it a thousand times. You can do it. You can. And you've been given the Holy Spirit. You can do it. Oh, this is the greatest time ever to be a Christian. It's the greatest time. There are hundreds of thousands of people in our county who don't know Jesus. They don't have hope. They're looking for truth. And we have exactly what they need. Oh, a praying church. Wouldn't you love to belong to a praying church where all of us prayed all the time for everyone to be saved? A praying church where every member prayed, Jesus, Jesus, help me to win one person to you. Um, What would Jesus do through a church that prays like that. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth to save sinners like me and all of us. Thank you for giving yourself, laying down your life on the cross for sinners and rising again. And thank you for offering us salvation from God's wrath, by God's grace, for God for forgiveness and and life with you now and forever. Listen, if you've never been saved, one day it'll be too late. The door is open today. Won't you be saved? Jesus is here. Won't you just tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and, and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come into my life and be my savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've prayed that for the first time, way to go, mark that on your card. We'd love to celebrate with you. And Jesus, I pray that those of us who know you, that we would leave here rejoicing that we get to pray, that you picked us to be on your team, that you picked us to be involved in something so much more important than football that we get to play on your team and win lost people to Christ and make disciples who could make disciples so that the hundreds of thousands of lost people in our county might have the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that each of us where we are would be willing to say, Jesus, help me to win one. This year, Lord, help me to win one person to you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.